Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Hi, this is Roy Green with Beauties and the Beast. Each week, Catherine Swift, RoyGreenCanadians.ca, financial columnist Linda Leatherdale, and former member of Parliament Michelle Simpson, who was the seatmate to Justin Trudeau, all get together with me for a completely politically incorrect, truthful session. Summer of 69 was voted the best driving song. The best driving song a couple of years ago. That is a uh, contest or survey what was the song that people like driving to most and the summer of 69 was it i'd find that hard to disagree with i think it's just an absolutely terrific terrific song where are you people see i'm talking to them and they can't can they hear me <laughs> can i can you, hear you yeah you can hear me right yeah okay. we're here okay so what was your favorite, what's your favorite driving song, Michelle? Something um, that you'll sing along to. Get Out of My Dreams and Into My Car. <laughs> that's, why are you laughing, Linda? I think that's great. <laughs> I think you're making fun of Michelle. No, I just think she's, a, that's amazing, Michelle. <laughs> she, was making, she was making fun of you, Michelle. No, I'm not. No, no, I just loved it. It had a great beat. Yeah, I don't like that song at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? So subjective. Yeah. Some music is so subjective to, to to everybody. All music is subjective. Yeah. What's Justin Trudeau's favorite song? You know him well, Michelle. We never got around to discussing that because that was something of substance. Oh my God. <laughs> That's a line for the 15th of March. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Catherine Swift, what's your favorite driving song? Radar Love. Radar Love? Yeah. I hate that oh, song. Oh, that's a driving all night, hands wet on the wheel. Bam, 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 bam. Golden earring. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> You, you, Want me to you sing some more. Of course, you, you don't. <laughs> you belong in a garage rock band. Yeah, right. Actually, my son is in one. He's a pretty good singer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I don't doubt it. I yeah. mean, I wasn't. I wasn't questioning you. <laughs> I wouldn't have the courage to do that. If you heard Radar Love, you'd know it. Trust me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Linda Leatherdale, what's your favorite driving? And I know you're going to say something about Ronnie Hawkins. Yeah. My God, who do you love, Ronnie Hawkins? But no, I'm going to do a shout-out to a Canadian band that I think should have made it to the big, big, big time, and that is Triumph. Rick Emmett, Gilmore, drummer, famous, and indeed he says he's going to give me drum lessons, Roy. But hold on to your dreams. I don't know if you've heard it, but it's just such a wonderful I don't song. like this song. And I love to say that to all the taxpayers out there. Yeah. Hold on to your dreams. You're not going to be taxed to death. We're still fighting for you. 
on the Roy Green Show. Okay, there you go. How about yours, Roy? Uh, I, I, I can't think of the title. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'll, go with the, I'll go with the summer of 69. Oh yeah, Brian, Brian Adams. Adams. So that, whenever that. I hear that, or or um, or Billy Joel's scenes from an Italian restaurant, but that goes all over the place. That's slow. That's fast. That's all over yeah. the place. But so I'll go with the summer of '69. You know, that's when I that's when I smashed the steering wheel so hard that <laughs> it's, it's funny watching people when they're driving eh? and they're singing and they're doing all sorts of weird things because they don't think anybody can see them. And then yeah. you look around and you realize everybody's staring at you because you're at the light. <laughs> Like, what are you doing, man? Yes. Oh, what do you, oh, so I already asked you Justin Trudeau's favorite song. You don't know. No. Mr. Prime Minister, what's your favorite song? The one that you sing to while you're driving. Oh, no, you don't. Does he drive? Does, is the Prime Minister allowed to drive? I, I'm not asking that facetiously. To, I'm not asking that facetiously. Yeah. Because they were probably, they probably want to drive him. Um, just for security reasons, I would think. No, he would love to be driven. Oh. Okay, so that's two. Michelle, two. Justin, zero. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. You're more than welcome. So here's, here's the question. Now, there are a couple of issues I want to talk to you about. We've been waiting. People have been waiting. The Democrats in the United States, the, ground root, the grassroots uh, Democrats have been waiting for Barack Obama to make a, a return so that he could take on Donald Trump. Be careful what you wish for, because I've been online looking at various uh, sites, and particularly Twitter. There are links to things that Obama says. Eight years worth of quotes waiting there, you know. There's eight, we, eight years of potential trouble waiting there. And people have been able to isolate things said by, written by, done by Barack Obama, which... It certainly assisted in Hillary Clinton's demise. She, she did a great job herself. But he's now stood up. He's tackling Trump. He's trying to get the Democrats, the young vote, to get out and vote. Um, Catherine, to you, is that setting aside any personal feelings or, or, or professional feelings about Obama as president, is that a wise thing for someone in his position to do? Well, of course, there there has been for a long time in the U.S. sort of a protocol uh, where previous presidents don't weigh in on their successors. So he clearly feels he's exempt from that uh, little nicety. But in terms of is it wise, I don't think it is wise. I, I, I've also been following, you know, sort of the, the feedback. Um, and if Democrats think this is going to be a good thing, they might find it's going to rebound on them pretty significantly in the mm-hmm. midterm. So... You know, again, it's hard to predict, I guess, exactly where it's going to go, but an awful lot of Republicans are very, very happy that Obama weighed in. <laughs> you know, I saw a, a couple where they actually took what Obama had said a couple of years ago, Michelle, and they tied it to things that uh, that uh, various people in the Senate, like Schumer, have said recently and that were exceedingly unpopular with the American people. And what they've been able to do is just create a double double whammy, I think, response that's going to turn out potentially to be a significant ne- negative for the Democrats. I think when you're when you're just going to when you when you're the former prime minister or president of the United States, stay former, don't come back. It doesn't matter who that would be, uh, unless you have no leadership in the party, which apparently they don't. So, what do you think, Michelle? 
I saw his speech and at the University of Illinois, and it, quite frankly, was outstanding. He's appealing to the youth, and I think he could successfully pull it together or help pull it together um, because they don't want a 71-year-old man that is running the country. They're more interested in change. They are. So, you know, I, I really thought he did a great job. Linda, what are your thoughts? Well, you know, I, I agree with Michelle. How eloquent. I mean, th- there's no doubt about it. And, of course, I just love that Trump's reaction. Well, I fell asleep. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. You know, but having said that, you know, there's something deeper here. And the hatred that seems to be growing uh, towards Trump. Yeah. But he has his supporters, millions of them, and then the, on the other side. And, you know, it's getting kind of sad, and indeed, some comments, could there ever be civil war? I mean, it seems like... Well, I spoke with uh, Fran Coombs, the managing editor of Rasmussen, a couple of months ago. He's actually going to be back with us tomorrow, because I want to talk to him about that New York Times editorial, or op-ed piece, but and how Americans are reacting to that. But Fran and Rasmussen found that 31% of Americans believe there will be civil war within five years. Thirty-one. Oh, I think it's thirty-one yeah. percent will be, or could f- or feel there could be one or the other. Anyway, it's a disturbing uh, feeling that's coming out of out of the U.S. Um, as people are. The question is: Is there a, is there a crisis in the United States? That's the question yet to be to be answered. I don't think, Catherine. What do you think of that? Let's just segue here to something really quickly. What do you think of the New York Times publishing the anonymous op-ed? Well, I don't think I don't think uh, any newspaper should publish something that incendiary that it's anonymous. Personally, I don't care who it is. Agree. Uh, they clearly wanted to, you know, put a stink bomb in the <laughs> in the middle of the whole uh, yeah. the yeah. whole political climate, which is already pretty pretty bad, as we know, and the, the polarization and and the polarization in the U.S. has been there for a while, but it seems to have reached a fever pitch lately. Mm-hmm. So I don't think pu- publishing something anonymously like that is the right thing to do. Particularly if as, a, as an organization, and even on your editorial pages, you've made your presence, your preference, very well known. That comp- that's a double compromise. It's backfiring. It's one yeah, thing yeah, it would be, yeah, to name, uh, to say an unnamed source mm-hmm. in an article mm-hmm. that they verified. But this was an op-ed, and I think it was horrible. You know, I wrote something in my blog today, and if you, you can go to RoyGreenShow.com, you can read what I wrote. And essentially it's this. Why am I telling you if I want you to read it? Uh, I had a conversation with a member of parliament a number of years ago and it was in a sort of a neutral location it wasn't anything there wasn't anything uh, secret about it or anything we just happened happened to run into him and so i because i want to get quotes correctly if i'm going to quote somebody on the air i pulled out a cassette recorder that give you an idea of when the time frame might have been yep. and very uh, obviously, I pressed record, and we were talking, and he was talking, and got into a lot of negatives about the prime minister 
whose party he was a member of. And it really got, it really got, I mean, it got nasty and loud. And I was actually looking around to see if anybody was listening or could, could hear. And, and, I, and I said a couple of times, why are you saying this? Why are you saying this to me? Why are you doing this? You have no parliamentary protection here when you do, you're talking. And, I, and then I said words to the effect that I'm going to, I, I'm going to play this back on the air. And I want you in the studio, because if I play it back, people recognize the voice anyway. Some Somebody would yeah. recognize the voice. So I want you in the studio to back it up. I'm going to get in touch with the PMO because I want them to respond. And I was going to get in touch with our corporate people as well because I want them to know what I'm doing. So the response was, you can't do that. This was off the record. You can't do that. I said, oh. yes, I can, and no, it wasn't. Nowhere did we say it was off the record. Nowhere does it say that I can't do this. And, and it's my, absolutely my right to do it. And I looked at this person, and I thought, what, the heck, what am I going to accomplish here? I'll destroy somebody's career. Maybe they deserve to have their career destroyed over this. I don't know. But I wasn't ready to be the judge on this. I didn't think that I, I, I was obviously going to be facing real reluctance to go on the radio and back up what we said, even though I have it on, 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 on tape. I popped the cassette out of the machine, and I handed it to that person, and I said, it's your lucky day. Wow. Yeah. Because I wasn't going to I, – I, I couldn't name the person. I mean, without – Without really, really causing a problem for, yeah. for him, and and it wasn't. Look, it wasn't worth it to me. It no. just wasn't big enough. Uh, if it had been, if it had been, if there had been national security implications or something like that, I would, certainly would have gone ahead. But it was personal, and I just felt the right thing for me to do was to just yep. hand him the cassette and say, "Get rid of this. It's your lucky day." Wonder what Good the CBC would have done if the tables were turned, Roy. Oh, I would be screwed. Yeah, but I mean, I wonder if, if, if the same had happened with a conservative, you know, ratting out their leader at the time, and it was the CBC. <laughs> I bet I bet it would be aired. Well, I don't know how many people in media would have made the decision I made. I'm sure there are no, people in my. Hardly there, any. I'm Not sure there are people many. in. I'm sure there are people in in my business who would tell me I did exactly the wrong thing, but it was my call, and I don't care what other people think about what I did. I think you did the honorable thing. I think Good so too. on you. Thank you. Michelle Simpson, Linda Leatherdale, Catherine Swift, the Beauties and the Beast, NAFTA, the North America Free Trade Agreement. That's not going to be called NAFTA anymore, says Donald Trump. What is it going to look like? Will there be a look like for Canada when, uh, when, when this situation grinds to a halt. Uh, Linda, what are your thoughts? Well, it, it's scary, Roy. I mean, <laughs> now we have Trump saying it's going to cause a ruination of the Canadian economy if Justin Trudeau doesn't play ball. And, oh, and I know. And I listened to your show earlier, and there's, you know, maybe Trudeau is getting what he deserves. But having said that, the Canadians are not getting what we deserve. We, we, we are certainly a, a nation that is so important to the United States. And you know, when you go to the auto tariffs, when you look at these numbers, boy, they go, if he goes. But what is it? But Linda, it, Linda, Linda, what's it? What does it look like when it's all because because both Trudeau and Freeland were way out of line in what they yeah. said in the U.S. and yeah. they knew they had to know that it was going to irritate 
Donald Trump to the point where he is now. So what what's the best you're hoping for? You're the well, you're a former uh, money editor in a major city newspaper. <laughs> what are you, what are you looking what are you looking for? Well, you know what? Like let's look at this. Maybe one of the things that is we talked about it the dairy industry and the milk subsidies 300% here in Canada. Come on. Let's get that down and 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 let's play some fair ball there. Um, auto industry, I hope not. This tariff that Trump is warning, he'll lose 700,000 jobs in the United States and will lose 160. Now, mind you, your last interview, maybe we won't even have these jobs. Maybe it's going to be a no. robot. Are you, expecting, are you expecting that? But, but let's hope that calmer heads rule here. Okay. And let's not have the tariffs on All the right. auto industry. I have, a, I have a, just over a minute left. Uh, Michelle, what, what are you expecting uh, quite frankly, I don't know what to expect. If you believe the rhetoric, but I'm not buying into any of it. Okay. So uh, you think there's going to be, I don't want to say calmer heads, because that's such a stupid cliche. But... Oh, yeah. No, there will be calmer heads prevail. Okay. I hope. I'm not, I'm not, Catherine, I don't know what calmer heads prevailing means anymore. But no, but I think the, the notion of trying to predict this is, is a mugs game at this stage of the game. Um, yeah. I, I think, though, and I, I, did, I listened earlier, too, uh, to, to you, some of your interviews, Roy, and, you know, the, the, there, there's no doubt in my mind now, there was some doubt a while ago, but there's no doubt in my mind now that our Canadian so-called negotiators, leaders, whatever we're calling them, um, seem to feel ticking off the U.S., is going to get them reelected next year and damn the torpedoes with how much it damages Canada's economy. I cannot believe it's accidental because it has happened several times. Okay. They keep doing it. In uh, the 15 seconds, in the 15 seconds we have left, what do you expect? Well, I expect there will be a deal. I think that we'll have to give up supply management on dairy and probably some other things too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, probably we may have a lot more to talk about on this issue come next Saturday. Beauties, thank you so much. Thank you, Roy. Have a, have a terrific Roy. week. Toodaloo. Okay. Visit Apple Podcasts or Google Play now and sign up for the Roy Green Show podcast 100% free. 100% Roy. Roy. Roy.